Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news, and we also have some protect your neck news. Next, we will discuss the Biden administration's new executive order to protect American sensitive personal data. Then finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from Reuters. German battery maker, Varda's five plants were a victim of a cybersecurity attack. The company shut down its plants because of the cybersecurity incident. While the company is still investigating what happened, this is again another example of the real-world consequences of cybersecurity incidences. Along with the issues to their plant, the shares for the company fell 3% following the announcement of the cyber attack. Our next story comes from the Washington Post. Tech Transparency, a nonprofit watchdog group, issued a report finding that X, formerly known as Twitter, offered paid services to U.S. sanctioned entities. The nonprofit found that more than a dozen entities that were sanctioned by the United States had paid for verification on their accounts on X. These accounts include accounts for leaders in Iran and Russia along with leaders of terrorist groups, including Hezbollah. This raises questions about how sanction enforcement has failed to keep up with technology and the lack of safeguards at some social media companies. Earlier this week, the Supreme Court heard argument in a high-profile case involving social media. The court was reviewing the constitutionality of Florida and Texas's laws that would restrict how these online platforms could moderate users' speech. At the heart of the case was the question of how to view social media companies. Previously, courts have viewed social media companies uh, as similar to newspapers, and they view them as sort of a public square. But should the Internet and platform companies like Twitter and Facebook actually be seen that way? What's interesting to note, and this comes from reporting from the Washington Post, is that the Texas and Florida laws were initially motivated by Republicans and conservatives' frustration with big tech. However, some more left-leaning groups are also worried that online platform companies have grown too powerful to be granted a First Amendment right to discriminate against different viewpoints. While some of the justices appeared to be sympathetic to the position of Texas and Florida, they were quick to criticize the bills for being way too broad. We will certainly be following this case. The Department of Justice announced a new initiative that focuses on the detection and prosecution of crimes that are assisted by AI. The DOJ will seek harsher sentences for certain AI-assisted crimes. The DOJ will focus its efforts on addressing election security and national security issues. What's interesting is that in the announcement, Deputy Attorney General 
Lisa Monaco, explained that the DOJ would be relying on traditional legal tools to address these issues. For instance, Deputy A.G. Monaco outlined that discrimination using AI is still discrimination. Price fixing using AI is still price fixing. And identity theft using AI is still identity theft. This is a really significant point. We often talk about addressing new problems by developing new tools and using new technology. But it's also important to remember to focus on how to use the tools we currently have to help us deal with these new types of problems. Our final story comes from the New York Times. AT&T is offering customers who were impacted by a recent widespread outage a $5 credit. In a statement, AT&T emphasized that the outage wasn't caused by a cyber attack. Instead, it was caused by technical issues the company encountered while trying to expand its network. The FCC, the Department of Homeland Security, and the FBI are investigating the outage. While not a cyber incident, it is a reminder of the importance of our critical infrastructures. We also have some Protect Your Neck news. During this segment, we'll be talking about current scams you should be aware of and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cyber incident report rolled all into one. According to Wired, Microsoft issued 73 patches, including two that address vulnerabilities that were being actively exploited. Google also issued patches for 12 issues found in its Chrome browser. It's important that you apply these patches and timely update your devices. So please, please, please stay safe out there. Or as the Wu-Tang Clan tells us, watch your step, kid, and protect your neck. So now for our main story. This week, President Biden signed an executive order to protect American sensitive personal data. The goal of the executive order is to protect Americans' information from exploitation by restricting the sale of personal information to six countries, including China and Russia. As part of the executive order, the president is directing the Justice Department to write rules restricting the sale of information about Americans' locations, health, financial data, biometric information, and genetics to China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Cuba, and Venezuela, as well as any entities linked to those countries. The executive order takes an additional step that should be applauded because it focuses on restricting these countries' access to this information by other means, such as purchasing access to databases. So how did we get here? According to reporting from the New York Times, the senior officials in the Biden administration explained that countries like China and Russia were buying that kind of data from brokers, as well as obtaining it through other corporate relationships. What exactly do these companies want with our information? Well, two big fears identified by the administration are related to surveillance of Americans and using this information for blackmail. Even before the executive order, the United States government has focused on Chinese companies owning information about Americans. For example, according to TechCrunch, 
the Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States forced a Chinese company to sell its 98% ownership stake in dating app Grindr. While the big headlines about this executive order are about the restrictions on the sale of sensitive personal information, at the end of the executive order, there is one paragraph that isn't getting enough attention. The president has encouraged the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to consider taking steps consistent with its existing legal authorities to protect Americans from data brokers that are illegally assembling and selling extremely sensitive data, including that of U.S. military personnel. This isn't just a throwaway section of the order. It's an important signal about the Biden administration's focus on dealing with data brokers. Our final segment today is our cybersecurity awards. This week's award is the It's Still Black History Month award. Since this is a leap year, we get an extra day of Black History Month. And I wanted to use this time to talk about a historical figure that needs to be talked about a little bit more. Mr. James Pride, who was a radio operator in World War II with the Tuskegee Airmen Unit. James joined the Army Air Corps wanting to be a pilot, um, but instead became a radio operator. He later joined the Armed Forces Security Agency in 1950 as a communication clerk and was assigned to the mailroom. When it was discovered he could read automatic Morris tape, he was transferred to a signal analysis section. He went on to have a long outstanding career at the NSA and was inducted into the agency's Hall of Fame in 2006. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also visit the show's website at nothingaboutyou.com. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see everyone next week.